0: Hello, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dr. Louise, and I'm the founder and CEO of Empowerment Through Thought. I help the survivors of narcissistic abuse be confident, reclaim their identities, and move forward from the past. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to deal with suffering as a survivor. Now, suffering is something you probably know something about, (laughs) I'm going to guess. There have been moments on your journey, like there have been many moments on mine, um, where I would say I was dealing with quite a lot of suffering. Now, there's a lot of different ways to think about suffering, to talk about suffering. Um, Some folks like to think of suffering in terms of good and evil, Right. So sometimes um, you'll hear philosophers talk about something called the problem of evil, the problem of evil. It sounds it sounds very dramatic. Right. This is a very um, popular topic in philosophy of religion in particular, because in the West, right, evil tends to have a connotation of like the devil. It's got it's got like Catholic kind of energy. Right. That's that's often uh, what comes up for people when we're thinking evil, we're thinking demons, we're thinking kind of mythical creatures, um now in um other not so christian spaces um conversations tend not to center as as often on evil and all the baggage that evil comes with there and instead of the conversation tends to focus on suffering right so suffering is a little bit different right evil has an idea or the connotation let's say the connotation in western thought in particular evil has this energy of there is a being causing pain causing harm right normally that that being would be the devil himself or maybe a demon something like that when we're talking about suffering um there isn't such a clear connection to like a big being that is causing the things now there might you know there's going to be a causal explanation for suffering, right? We can point to and say, "Well, that caused me to suffer." But unlike in the conversation about evil, um, we're not necessarily pointing to any big being, any supernatural entity that is causing the things, right? So, in um, Buddhist philosophy, we talk about the what, what's called the problem of suffering, um, and a lot of Buddhist philosophy is focused on helping folks uh, manage, navigate, and live well um, in light of the problem of suffering, in light of suffering. Now, Buddhist philosophy in the East focuses on this, um, but it is not like that's ignored in the West, okay? So what I wanna talk about today specifically is how suffering shows up for us on the journey as the survivors of narcissistic abuse. And then specifically, how this one school of Western thought, um, Stoic philosophy, how this school would approach the suffering that us survivors, in particular, have have to deal with. Now, I know there have been moments on my journey as a survivor where it felt like not only was I suffering immensely, right? I had abusive parents. I had an abusive ex-husband. I still have an a abusive, a toxic mother-in-law. There have been moments on my journey where it felt like not only was I suffering a lot, but that suffering was inevitable, right? I was going to wake up every single day and it, it wasn't like, oh, what's going to happen today? It was like, what kind of hell do I get to explore today? <laughs> right? Like the best we could come up with, the, the most hopeful version I could come up with is like, well, maybe it'll just be a little bit less bad today. This was really true for me growing up with my toxic parents. There was so much going on, so much difficult stuff happening in my childhood home that I was I was immersed in this suffering. And as, as I've advanced, right, as I've made progress on the healing journey, as I've gone no contact with my parents, as I have learned more about myself and the world, um, I, I'd say I, I experience less suffering than I did back in the day. But this is not a suffering-free zone by any means. You know, a couple episodes back, I shared about how um, some of the changes that have happened since my my toxic father passed away um, have really been impacting my current personal relationship with my partner. Um, You know, that's a form of suffering. And in in this particular case, the suffering that's coming about is directly connected um, to the abuse that I experienced in my past and the abuse that my partner experienced um, in his past. So... (laughs) we're, you know, we've both been no contact for quite a while from our, um, the abusive people in our lives and the consequences of that. There's still, there's still suffering. Going no contact didn't fix it, right? Going, going no contact is not the end of the journey. It is really the beginning of a long journey and there's going to be suffering, you might be suffering because of flying monkeys. You might be suffering because you feel the pressure society pushes on you to have to make your family look a certain way. You might be suffering because you have some bad habits in your own thinking and in your own um, lives that started because of the abuse you experienced and are lingering with you maybe decades after you got away from that abusive environment. Suffering is something I think we get a special insight to as the survivors of narcissistic abuse. Um, there's a lot of different reasons for that. I think um, you know a lot of the narcissistic abuse and the the survivors that I specifically work with, um, the majority of the abuse we endured was psychological. Um, right? It wasn't there, there. Although there are definitely folks, these things can be paired up, but I would say the majority of folks I work with and the majority of my experience with abusive people is it, it wasn't physical abuse. I wasn't being beat. I wasn't getting hit. Um, there wasn't very much of that on, on my journey. And so what did we have? We had oodles and oodles of psychological abuse and psychological abuses. Um, you know, it, it fosters a very particular kind of suffering because, it gets into your head, right? It like lives in your head, the The abusive stuff that toxic people would say to you, even when they're not there, it finds its way in. And, you know, you develop this whole way to think and this whole way to be and this whole way to understand yourself that's kind of based on this really negative, manipulative input that you had to endure at an impressionable age, Right. So that that psychological manipulation, it's like long lasting in a way like getting hit. Um, Well, I I don't have that experience about getting hit, so I don't want to speak for that directly. But certainly, you know, a bruise or a scar will heal, whereas the psychological abuse, it's, it's harder to understand when it's healing, when it's getting better, when there's less suffering attached to it. We do have signs right there it's not like there's no there's no hope by any means but i do think there's a very um specific flavor of suffering that you get to know when you have endured long-term psychological abuse especially when it was at the hands of someone who has narcissistic personality disorder so that's probably not news to you going to guess you did not come here to to learn that you are suffering in various ways. But you know, suffering is a real part of the journey, but it doesn't have to define everything. Okay, so this is this is an idea that's been really helpful on on my own journey and it, it's really defined a lot of my approach to dealing with this heavy stuff. So one of the big ideas that I hold near and dear to myself is um you need we need to take time to look at the darkness. We need to stare at the darkness. And we also need to look at the rainbows. Okay, we need to look at the darkness and we need to stare at the rainbows. Now, of course, um the fact that there are rainbows does not mean there is no darkness. Right? There's still hard stuff, there's still really difficult stuff, there is suffering. There is very frequent suffering there is deep suffering right that it exists and there also exists rainbows at the same time we can have this deep dark difficult stuff and we can also have the good also have positive things there Are still there's still good things about living this life even though there is all of this darkness and you know um recently i have been I've been rereading Marcus Aurelius's The Meditations because, you know, I shared in in last episode, we talked about it uh, more directly there about um, the Gray Rock Masterclass, a deep dive into Stoic Philosophy, which is a four-week course that I am um, bringing to all of you starting January 31st. Um, If you want to know more about that, um, be sure to reach out to me. But Um, as I'm reading Marcus Aurelius, this is a book that had a huge impact in my life when I was a high schooler. As I'm reading it, I am discovering so much of that thing I just talked about, the the darkness and rainbows, that kind of energy, that like finding ways to work with the fact that there is this horrible suffering, finding ways to still live a good life, to still have hope, to still move forward at the end of the day to still keep fighting to keep trying to do better trying to heal those ideas are in Marcus Aurelius I didn't come up with that I didn't come up with that on my own I had forgotten honestly I had forgotten how influential this book had really been in my own thinking because you know over time you read you read the thing and you learn about it and you're like that's really great that's really helpful and then you you move on with your life and you you kind of take those ideas and you make it your own um but now that I'm going back I can see there are so the stoics have so much to offer when it comes to this this hard truth that as the survivor of narcissistic abuse we are immersed in suffering in a very specific and challenging way. So we're going to take a quick word from our sponsor. When we come back, I'm going to talk some, some more about how stoic philosophy in particular can help us deal with the inevitable suffering that we are going to experience here on the healing journey. So how can Marcus Aurelius, a Roman emperor... From a long, long time ago. How can he help us today as survivors of narcissistic abuse? What does he have to say about suffering and how we can learn to live with suffering? Well, I think he has a lot. I think he has a lot to say. I think Stoic philosophy in general has a lot to say about this. And I think Marcus Aurelius in particular has a lot to say. Now, what I want to share with you is this quote, um, from the meditations. So this is the, the book that we're going to be using in the four week class. Um, that starts soon. This is a quote from that book. And, you know, just to remind you, right. This, this is a Roman emperor, um, Marcus Aurelius. He's writing this book in a very difficult time in his life. Um, a lot of people close to him have died. He is literally on the battlefield, um, so he is surrounded by death and destruction as he is writing this. And the meditations is basically his journal. okay, it's his journal. It's not um, it was not intended to be a book. we are We are reading his private thoughts, right? And a lot of what's going on in this book is he is trying to apply stoic ideas to the horror that's around him, to his lived experience right now amidst all of this chaos. So let me read you this quote um, by Marcus. If you are distressed by anything external, the pain is not due to the thing itself, but to your estimate of it. And this, you have the power to revoke at any moment. Okay, so so let's talk about it. What what is he saying here? He says if you're distressed by anything external. So if you're being bothered by something coming from outside of you, let's say it's a flying monkey, or let's say it's um, you know an argument you have with your partner, or maybe you're struggling with um, you know feeling financially stable, whatever it is, if you're distressed by anything external, he's saying that that pain is not due to the thing itself, right? It's not, you're not suffering because of the flying monkey. You are suffering because of your estimate of the flying monkey. Okay. So what Marcus is saying here is that the reason you are suffering in the way that you are is not just because of the thing outside of you that's trying to hurt you, but it is also, or to a large extent, the way you perceive that thing. So let, let's focus on the flying monkey example, okay? Because I think that that one's really nice, nice and concrete. When we are dealing with a flying monkey, we have a family member often, not always, but it's usually somebody close to the abusive person in our lives. Um, We are probably in a stage where we are trying to set boundaries. We're trying to get distance from the abusive person. They do not like that. So they recruit other folks around them to um, come and bother us, right? To get us to act a certain way. And that's really painful, right? It's painful because we now have additional people coming in and talking to us about the decisions we should make with our abuser, right? That's hard. That is difficult. But there's different ways to perceive the actions of the flying monkey, right? We can see them as intentionally coming to hurt us, That's probably going to make us feel like, wow, this is trash. This is so horrible. And you know what? In some ways, it really is horrible. So we can hold that. We can make space for the fact that this is actually a horrible thing in the world that's happening. But we're talking about the experience of it. If I see this person as attacking me or betraying me or as doing something really deep and fundamental to me, I am probably going to suffer more. Right. Let's take another let's take that same situation and change how how we perceive the flying monkey. Now, we know that flying monkeys are usually also being abused by the the main toxic person. Right. That's very common. So when we perceive the flying monkey as someone who is also suffering, as someone who is being controlled by another person as someone who is not being rational not being reasonable in the actions that they are taking how much we suffer will be different right if we're if we perceive ourselves being attacked and betrayed versus seeing ourselves as being on the receiving end of somebody else's suffering somebody else being manipulated, somebody else going through the worst of it with the abusive person, our experience is going to be different. We can change how we suffer, how we navigate that space through shifting the way we think about the situation, the way we perceive the situation. And on the last part of this quote, Marcus Aurelius is saying, and this you have the power to revoke at any moment, he's saying you have the power to shift the way you understand what's happening to you. You have the power to actually impact how much you suffer. If you shift the way you're thinking about things, you have the power to reduce your own suffering, even if There are abusive people around you, even if you really can't pay those bills, even if you are getting into fights with your partner, no matter what part of the the journey as a survivor you are on at any moment, according to Marcus Aurelius, you have the power to reduce your own suffering. And the way you do that is by shifting the way you perceive what is happening to you. Now, Marcus Aurelius has a lot more to say than that, right? That was, that was one quote. But I think that quote gives us a lot of insight into what's kind of going on when it comes to suffering in Stoic philosophy more broadly, right? There is a lot of recognition in Stoic philosophy that suffering is always going to be a part of our lives, it's just a fact of the human experience that suffering is here and it sucks. We can, we can say that it sucks. We don't have to take away from that, but that shouldn't stop us from living a good life. That shouldn't stop us from choosing to do as good as possible in any given situation. And he Marcus really in particular gives a lot of, Um, examples, concrete examples of how, how you actually make that shift from perceiving yourself of being deeply harmed to perceiving yourself as a, a less suffering version. It's a little, it's a little hard to say. I don't want to go into too much depth here, on um, what stoics say you should do, because there's there's a lot we could say there. But the main thought is you have the power to change how much you suffer. And that's even if you can't change the world around you, even if you can't, you know, get the high-paying job you want right this second, even if you you do fight with your partner, even if you're still navigating flying monkeys. You have the ability to do that. And oh boy, do I think that this is powerful, powerful medicine for us survivors. You know, we have lost so much of our agency um, through the abuse that we experienced. People forced us to do a lot of stuff that we didn't want to do, right? Whether you were caregiving for an abusive person, whether you had to make decisions about your career or your education to serve the needs of the toxic person, whether you are having to make decisions about what to do with your children because of the toxic person. There are so much of this journey where it feels like we don't get to make choices, where we have to do X, Y, and Z to survive, to get through it because of the toxic person. And it gets better when you go no contact, it gets better with more distance, but it doesn't go away. It sticks around and we're still, we're still dealing with it. We're still navigating it. And for that reason, I think Stoic philosophy is so potent, so powerful for us because Stoics remind us that even, even with all of that going on, even with all of these external things sorry, let me get a drink of water here. Mm. I'm so excited. My throat is like not wanting to work with me. (laughs) Okay. So stoic philosophy, even when we can't control very much about our world, we still have power. We still have the ability to reduce our own suffering. And that is granting us our agency again. It is saying no matter what, Goes on, no matter who is trying to control you, no matter what parts of your past are lingering and trying to take you away from the things that you want, no matter what is going on, we have the ability to live a better life. For Marcus Aurelius, that's going to be a more rational life, a life that is more carefully thought through, a life where we understand what is important and we let go of the things that are not important. I think Stoic philosophy is something every single survivor should study. I don't think necessarily you have to agree with all of it, but there are some powerful, powerful ideas. And if you would allow it, I would love to help you learn more about Stoic philosophy. I honestly, I would love to. (laughs) Like, I am so pumped For the opportunity to bring more Stoic philosophy to the survivor community, because this stuff is so good. There's such richness here. And I would really like to invite you to join um, the Gray Rock Masterclass, a deep dive into Stoic philosophy. It's a four week course. Um, you can get all the details from me, hit me up on Instagram. I'm at empowerment through thought as always, you can shoot me an email. I'm Dr. Louise at empowerment I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear your take on some of the stuff we just talked about here about stoicism, and I'd love to give you the details on joining this four week class. I am the only philosophical counselor in the world that serves the survivors of narcissistic abuse, and you deserve to learn about stoic philosophy from a professional philosopher, from someone who can take you through it carefully and keep in mind the things that are important to you here on the survivor journey. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you found this episode helpful and I will catch you in the next one. Bye-bye.